Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of Awards Blend, which is a new podcast that we're adding to the Cinema Blend network of podcasts. And this one is dedicated to all things awards. And finally, in 2018, we have some exciting actual awards to talk about. We have results from shows that people care about, and we're going to start to refine the Oscar race as we get down to, gosh, an awards ceremony that's going to be held in two months from now. So keeping you uh, occupied and up to date on everything Oscars and awards and movies, my name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here at Cinema Blend, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts and very close friends, Mr. Jake Hamilton and Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Boys, how are you? Doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well. Kevin, you doing okay? I'm doing great as long as your Chiron says Jonathan. That's all that matters to me. I think it does. Well, I'll make sure that Gabe corrects that. <laughs> it doesn't happen, so. Thank you, uh, sir. Just to catch Jonathan. people up, um, we were not going to start this podcast until 2018, but we, um, we did two preliminary episodes to... Uh, you know, get the ball rolling. And there were some some major things that we really wanted to talk about, including uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which we reviewed on episode two. We gave our top fives. And now we have an official uh, RSS feed and an iTunes subscription link and all of this amazing stuff that you guys can go back and see our archives. But as you can tell now, if you're watching right now in the moment, we are live on YouTube and hopefully a lot of people are tuning in, paying attention. And we have a ton of stuff to get to uh, heading into 2018. And I want to start with um, the Golden Globes, because we finally, like I said, at the start of the show, have an awards program where uh, there are results. And I think we've been, the three of us have been saying this, this year, more than any other year, it does not feel like there is a, a clear-cut frontrunner. Kevin may argue it's Dunkirk. It very well may be Dunkirk. Um, it's not Dunkirk. Any of these award shows can go in any different direction, and I don't know necessarily what they tell us about about the Oscar race, so we're going to discuss that. Coming out of the Golden Globes, the the movie that had the most momentum seems to be Three Billboards. Were you guys really surprised that at Three Billboards taking some major awards at the Golden Globes? Uh, I was. I thought it was. I thought Shape of Water was going to be the one that that really came out of um came out of the Globes strong. I mean, I you could say what you want to about how much weight the Globes carry whenever it comes to the Academy Awards, but there is no denying that it does force the voters to say, well, maybe I do need to give that movie a second look. And those that may have passed over three billboards the first time around, or maybe they didn't love it as as much, the public's now at least talking about it, because that's not a movie that obviously is is right in front of the public psyche, like Dunkirk. Um, But a lot of, uh, you have to admit that, like, it did get a little bit of a boost. It might not result in an Oscar win, but I guarantee you that there are some voters that are putting that screener back in their Blu-ray copy or their Blu-ray player right now. Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see it take home Best Picture Drama. Uh, I, I, I'll say a couple things about Three Billboards. I think it's a phenomenal film. I think Martin McDonough is a great director. I, th- I love in Bruges. Uh, I'm happy to see a film like that uh, in an awards race. I don't think Three Billboards is anywhere even close to a best film of the year in regards to a winning. I think it's top 15 of the year for sure. Um, I will say the the happiest thing of the whole night for me was seeing Sam Rockwell win. Yeah. Um, I've been... Uh, Ever since I saw Confessions of a Dangerous Mind with the Clooney-directed film, uh, he has blown me away as an actor in Matchstick Men. And specifically Green Mile. For, yeah, Green Mile. But, but Moon, to me, was the oh, film Moon. where... I'll just never forget seeing Moon for the first time. And I remember that I, uh, I was just hoping that he would get a nomination at least and, or, or maybe a win, and that just it never happened. So, uh, and I, I'm, I'm always kind of against 
the idea of an actor or a movie or somebody winning for their career. Uh, but Rockwell was so great in Three Billboards that it just made me happy to see him up there. And he even said during his speech that I, I'm in a lot of films that no one really sees. Uh, so you know, j to me, that 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 win was was specifically for the ping pong scene in Moon or Matchstick Men or whatever movies he's done. Uh, Francis McDormand, no question, deserves it. Those two awards, I'm happy with. Uh, I'm not happy though with the idea of it now having a Best Picture momentum to it. I thought going into Sunday, I thought it was either going to be Shape of Water. Uh, Call Me By Your Name or and or Dunkirk. And I listen, I, I, I know Dunkirk. You never thought it was going to be The Post? No, I, I just don't, I don't feel The Post's momentum uh, this season. And I think The Post is a great movie, don't get me That's wrong. That's fair. I mean, it should have taken off already if it were going yeah. to. I, I and kind of agree with you. I also don't, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it didn't get nominated for a SAG Ensemble, which right. I thought was... Right, and it got left off the, uh, the BAFTA WGA. list today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Which it's such really an American weird. movie, though. It really is. I can see the back. Yeah, but yeah, but we we're nominating two two movies about Dunkirk. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, it's true. And and and, and one thing I will say, and to give credit some, to someone like a Nolan, I mean, like obviously when you release Dunkirk in the United States, and it has nothing to do with America. This is prior to our entry into the war. Yeah. It does really well here, which is really cool. But. Uh, that aside, I mean, I, I've come to terms with the fact that Dunkirk's probably not going to be a frontrunner in regards to uh, best, picture, best Picture winner, though I am worried now uh, about the director category. So uh, yeah. I think initially, uh, in, earlier in the year, I think we all thought maybe, you know, there'd be a split. I think it would be, you know, I think Dunkirk, uh, director would go to Nolan, and then Picture would go to Shape of Water or something like that. But now Del Toro seems like he has the momentum. Well, yeah. but this is why this is so important, because I mentioned at the top of the show that we have two more months for this picture to um to change shape uh no pun intended um in the fact that what is a front runner now uh might not be at the end of february and you know gaining momentum coming out of globes because the globes aren't important from this perspective nobody voting for the golden globes um are academy members they're hollywood foreign right. press association members this is the movie that they like but as jake was saying right now we're in the nomination period where academy members are you know, going through all of these potential contenders. So when they hear something, get some recognition, then as you say, they're going to go back to their screen and be like, oh, I didn't look at three billboards yet. I'm going to watch it. Or I watched it one time and I really didn't like it. I'm going to give it another shot. Maybe I With missed me, something. Maybe I missed something. Right. So, so a win at the Golden Globes gives something publicity and that kind of momentum really counts. And so I think when a, when a film doesn't get something and that's like, to me, I'm looking at Get Out, which Get Out... Okay, so Get Out moves to another category, which the three of us discussed, it probably didn't even belong in anyway, right? Comedy musical? It's a funny yep. movie. It's a horror movie, so that's a bit of a tough sell on the awards race. But they drop it into this category where the competition doesn't look that stiff. It loses to Lady Bird, right? But I thought if, if Get Out was going to get some momentum, this was a chance for it to maybe come out with uh, Daniel Kaluuya, you know, getting a, a Best Actor nod maybe. And he doesn't get it. And then the picture picking up some momentum with a picture win. Um, I thought that it's not that it's Oscar chances got hurt because, again, Hollywood Foreign Press doesn't really do anything for the Academy for the Academy. But but I thought a couple of wins, if they might have been surprise wins, would have really stoked that fire for, hey, Get Out's an yeah. actual awards contender. I think I, Get Out. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I felt like this time seven days ago, I knew people that thought Get Out was going to win Best Picture. There, you know, I, I even, you know, on air here in Chicago, got into it with an anchor about the the chances of it to win Best Picture. Uh, and do you now, think that that conversation so, changed now? I don't 
feel it in the air anymore. And I kind of agree with you. Like in the same th- in the same way that I don't particularly feel it with the post. Like I feel like we've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks. But at a certain point, it should have won something else. Like well, it, it does. It's not going to just come out of the blue. The post hasn't gone wide yet. Like don't that's think true. That, yeah. If more people start to see it, and if it, because it's such a relevant movie to right now, and I think if more people start to see it and and start to beat the drum for it, but it did. I don't know. It just I, doesn't I, feel like it feels like the, like it's missed its window already, and it's not even open. Yet. Yeah. I yeah. love The Post. I think The Post is, a, is an incredible film, but I don't think that film is going to be a, an awards contender in the major categories in regards to the winning. I think it's going to. I think it will definitely get nominated for picture. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hanks will get in, Streep will get in, um, Spielberg will probably get in as well. Uh, I just don't see it winning. I think Post might have the same outcome as Dunkirk. I think it's going to get a bunch of nominations, but I don't think it's going to necessarily win anything. But going back to uh, Get Out, for example, uh, that was a really big mistake that that was the musical and comedy. And I will say this. Uh, I think that it Get Out's chances at the Academy are still are no question they're going to be fine. I think it'll definitely get a picture nomination. I think it'll get a screenplay nomination, hopefully. Um, Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know what's going to happen there because of uh, they only have five people to choose from. We were discussing that today on text. Um, I think Get Out, uh, it, it just if, you, if, if it gets nominated, it's a win for that movie. Uh, I think that it's a movie that came out earlier in the year. Films like that necessarily get forgotten because they come out so early in the year. Uh, and same thing happened with Logan, unfortunately. Um, so I think we'll see what happens. I think Get Out, no question, will get nominated. Uh, I don't see it winning. I think right now it's going to come down to Shape of Water versus Three Billboards. I think, I, that, I, think, I, I think that's our Oscar race right there is those two. Yeah, I can't. It's, it's hard to disagree with that. With that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, so I have a question for you. Going back to the post, because I felt like leading up till Christmas Day or maybe New Year's Eve, I feel like at least I would have put my money on the post because you know the argument was that it's the movie of the moment, but the award shows, as opposed to last year, aren't really about Trump this year. Right now, it's about the Me Too movement. It's about Times Up. Do you think the post? is maybe not feeling as relevant to voters as they thought it was going to be because Trump is not the topic of award shows right now. But I would argue that the post is more about women and equality than it is about politics. I mean, there is obviously a parallel between okay. there's obviously there's obviously a parallel between uh, the Nixon era and the Trump era and the freedom of press. Uh, but I th- I felt a lot of the interviews and a lot of the momentum behind the post was about Catherine Graham uh, and and her being a woman surrounded by so many men and making which I'd argue is the best the decision. best like plot point of that movie. I agree, but so, that's uh, not how they're selling it. They're, exactly, the marketing exactly. Is that's what I'm heavily into newspapers the importance of journalism. and reporting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, I totally agree. But to Jake's point, though, uh, considering the movement of Me Too and everything happening with Hollywood and, and sexual harassment and, and, and uh, uh, masculinity and whatever it is. I mean, you, you, when you see Phantom Thread, you'll, you saw Phantom Thread, Jake. That, that's I did. About, that's about, uh, uh, has an element of that as well. He's an overpowering um, uh, person. And like the woman, uh, in my opinion, is the one who kind of sticks up. And, yeah. and, 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 but I don't want to give it too much away. But yeah. it is, uh, it is, I think the post kind of falls into that category where it actually would be a perfect marriage of what's happening right now. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just don't think the movie is as good as it needs to be in order to win. That's all. All right. Let's shift over to the actors and the actresses who uh, picked up some globe hardware and I think probably all built some momentum 
Um, in the actor side, we saw Gary Oldman with the Globes. It's hard because it's it's ten people, you know, in two different categories. We saw Gary Oldman and James Franco uh, both take home Globes. I know uh, Saoirse Ronan picked it up for musical comedy, uh, and Francis McDormand picked it up for drama. Um, I think all four of them find themselves in contention when the Oscars roll around. I'd be stunned if nominations come out and all four of them aren't included. But of those two races, say it's uh, Saoirse Ronan and Francis McDormand as the frontrunners and actress. Let's start there. Um, do you guys think that either of them can be viewed as the best actress frontrunner? And if it is uh, the two of them right now at the moment and not, say, Maybe Meryl Streep, who gets in, or even Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins, who I thought was the front runner, and all of a sudden she's behind Sersha and Francis. Uh, do you think either of them has an edge? Kevin, you want to start? I think Francis McDormand might be the only lock that we have going into the Oscars. Really? I think, I, I think that she's. I mean, I I thought she was going to win the, the moment I saw that movie. I mean that that is that is a performance that just completely just takes over. I mean, there is nobody that commands a presence on screen like she does this year. Uh, she reminded me of just the way she walks into a room. You never know what she's going to do. She's unpredictable. Uh, it's a, it, it is literally a performance an actor dreams of doing. It's, it's a brilliant performance. And I think going into it, I think that that performance, it just, it's, it's, show, it's very showy. It's brutal at times. Uh, the dialogue is amazing. Uh, I think that, to me, is the is the front runner. I, I don't think uh, Saoirse has a chance. See, here's where I will refute you, because I don't think as many people love Three Billboards as, as I, you know, like, like we were saying how there's not a crossover with Golden Globes and the other voting circles. As much as, like, you know, I, I love Three Billboards. It was on my top ten list. I know you guys are fans of it, whether it was on your top ten list or not. Um, I have noticed within the last two weeks or so, a lot of backlash to three billboards, people arguing that it is uh, sort of an oversimplification of like racial tension uh, from an outsider's perspective. What what an outsider views whenever they, they see, maybe for lack of a better phrase, Trump's America. And I know that there is a lot of people that I'd argue don't like three billboards enough to at least not, I'm not saying for, I'd say, I'd say Francis is very much a contender to win, but I don't think there's an, as, an, as, uh, as much love there as there is for something like Ladybird. And uh, I think I'll people say, might, might vote for Sersha just because they like Ladybird, Ladybird better. I'll Francis say this was, too. Francis was the only person that I was sure about when I gave my predictions on. Really? She was the only, when I was going through the seven categories that I did on my, on my air in DC, which were the main movie categories plus director, Francis was the only one that I said on the air that I felt I'm going to get this right. Um, I, and I think that there's another abrasive female character in Alice and Janney in I, Tanya. Yeah. Supporting is, though. Supporting, but I'm saying yeah. she's sort of right. filling that, that role also of right. character that you kind of hate, but you can't overlook the fact that it's an incredible performance. Um, It'd be, it'd be strange if both of them won for playing truly detestable yeah. characters. Although yeah. I don't know if Francis really qualifies as detestable. The thing about Three Billboards, man, and I just can't get over it, it, it ends on such a weird note. And I, I leave that movie just feeling unfulfilled. And people have talked yeah. about, like, that's just the way McDonough's movies end. And I get that. But I felt like I endured a lot of that movie for a payoff that just wasn't there. And it, it just... Yeah, like, I... I yeah, I'm disappointed about that movie because of the ending. The ending just I, the ending knocks me out of it. I like Billboards a lot. I think it's definitely an incredible film. I just don't like. I, I, I it was weird. Like right as 
right when Francis won on Sunday, I knew Billboards was going to win Best Picture. I just knew it. I, I had a feeling, uh, and again, I didn't predict it, but I, I don't understand uh, why it's such a front runner. I don't get it, but you know, that's fine. That's where Let, we're at right now. Let's go to actors. So we have Franco and um, Gary Oldman, right? And the two of them walk away with Globes and. I thought they both, uh, and, and this is this is also I think really important in these early globe uh, in these early award ceremonies, not just the globes, but um, when the when the people get up and give a speech, um, <laughs> their speeches are almost being graded, right? Like, yeah. are they are they Oscar worthy, and and are they going to run out of things to talk about uh, because they have to often get up at the SAGs and the Critics Choice. And remember Jamie Foxx, like his run for Ray, like he he kept giving knockout after knockout after knockout speech. And some people say he won the, not saying that he didn't deserve the Oscar, but people sure. say a lot of people voted for him because just because they wanted to see what he would say whenever he got up on stage. So with Franco, every time he gets up at an award show, he's going to bring Tommy with him. Right? Yeah. And don't you kind of want to see how that soap opera continues? I, I honestly, I, I think Franco's done getting up on stage this award season i think okay. i think that, that's the last time he's he's getting up there i think and, there's and I, I just think that there's you think it's gary oldman's to win or you think yeah he's not i, I think i think gary Old, i think there's just this you know i know uh, you know we were talking about career oscars by no means is this gary oldman's best performance of his career but there is i think such a good will for him in hollywood where there's this idea of he should have won by now right. and this is such this is a pretty Oscar-y kind of. I mean, there are three or four moments within oh. that movie that could potentially be his Oscar clip. Yes, um, and I, I, I think it's honestly, I think it's his. There was a moment where I thought maybe he was wavering to uh, to Timothy, which I've heard, I've now learned it's not Timothy, it's Timothy okay. um, for mm-hmm. "Call Me by Your Name." Uh, but I feel like he, I mean, unless he comes back and wins the SAG, then I, I still think it's Gary's to win. Okay, yeah, there was. There was definitely a moment where, like, because Oldman was the lock, like, two months ago, no question he was going to win uh, Best Actor. Just even when the picture was released of him as Winston Churchill, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that's almost when his campaign started. No yeah. one has even seen the movie. They yet. knew what they were doing when they when, yeah. when they released that picture. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we, we, but for some reason, Timothy, or uh, I, never, I didn't know his name was pronounced that way either, uh, took some momentum recently. And there was, there was a moment where, when I was doing my predictions the other day, that I was like, I'm, you know, I, I was wavering back and forth between those two. Uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But I will say, uh, Oldman, I, I, I really despise, though, that like it has to be discussed in a way where he's winning for his possible career. Uh, I, I find that, you know, listen, I mean, like you, you guys know True Romance, The Professional, Immortal Beloved, The Fifth Element, and Dracula. Like, those are his best performances, and he wasn't even really considered that I know of or nominated for any of those movies. Um, so, so I just, you know, seeing him on stage makes me happy. I, I think back to Drexel and true romance, one of the greatest performances of all time. Um, you know, the professional. So I don't think out of those five, I think he's probably the one that deserves it the most, but you guys know where I stand. I mean, Andy circus to me is the best performance of the year. And Dude, you, you, you gotta let go of circus, I, man. I know it's not going to happen. But the idea that he's not even in conversation still upsets me. Um, Andy Serkis, in my opinion, is the best performance by any actor this year. And it's not even being talked about in War of the Planet of the Apes. So we haven't even gotten to a point yet where it can even be an idea. The Academy still does not understand it. I Um, feel like he had a little bit of buzz for... What, what the la- what was the la- Ra- what was it? I always get it mixed up. Rise, the last one? Whatever the last Planet of the Apes was. War of the Planet of the Apes. That was this one. It was on your top 10. Oh, you mean the one before this? Yeah. Like, I felt like the second Planet of the Apes, 
there was almost Dawn. a borderline Oscar Dawn. buzz. Dawn. Dawn. Why don't why don't they understand? Here's the thing: Fox has done everything they can to release these side by side videos, these behind the scenes yeah. shots. Of, Even the screener of, copy was yeah. a picture of him. Andy's on these like arm things running around like an ape. He's like talking. There you go, right there. I don't understand. Yeah, there it why, is. Why? How is that not coming across? And it's literally no different, if in my opinion, harder to do that performance than it is than it is to be on screen. Now, now I remember Andy saying this in an interview, and I completely agree with him. You look at someone, look at look at someone like um, uh, has makeup on their face, for example. He didn't mention Gary Oldman specifically, but look at Gary Oldman, right? Gary Oldman is in full prosthetics and makeup. The only difference between him and Gary Oldman is that, is that uh, Andy's makeup is just done in a computer later on. Uh, and so it, it's digitally added to him. The performance is still underneath everything you're seeing. So I don't know. He's, it bothers he's mailing me. it in. Yeah. He's mailing yeah, it I'm, in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, think, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I think, as terrible as it sounds, and I know I've said this before, I think older Academy members are essentially going to have to kind of either move on or stop caring or maybe die off before we get an Oscar uh, win for someone in, in motion day. capture. We yeah, wore a rubber mask. Uh, yeah, someone honestly. Change so our voices. I, I feel like it's a younger generation that appreciates motion capture. I don't think you're going to convince enough. I'm not saying that there aren't older Academy members that appreciate this, but I don't think there are enough to to give it the win that it that it or give it to the votes and the support that it's going to need to win. So, guys, before before we move on from actor, I do want to uh, bring up Daniel Day Lewis because I think. Uh, this movie Phantom Thread, and I know uh, Sean's been having a hard time seeing it. Jake, I know you saw it. Uh, I was having a hard time seeing it, and luckily I caught it in L.A. in 70mm uh, this past week. That performance is amazing. Like that, like that to me, like that. See, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't do as much for me. Oh, it blew my dude. That I don't want to give anything away, but that that final act is nuts. Um, but I just, I just think that Oldman's going to win it this year. But I, I, I am surprised that Day Lewis isn't having. There's not more of a conversation about him. Well, but I don't think enough people have seen that movie. Okay, so, so personally, know. I'll tell you, I, from the minute that it was nominated like not even just like a potential but the minute it, it nabbed four nominations from critics choice i've been hammering focus features hey show this movie um yeah. we even have we have two bfca members here in the north carolina area i get that i'm in like the field kind of thing right but they had their initial push and it worked they got nominations and now they've just given up on it i don't understand i i have to sort of attribute it to paul thomas anderson to the fact that he has a very specific way that he wants it screened. They yeah. didn't press screeners for it. Obviously, he did it in some in 70 millimeter. I kind of like that, though. I, I, I'm i actually uh, very much for uh, that. And, I, and here's the thing. There's two ways to look at what you just said. It's, it's unfortunate for people who might live in different areas who don't have access to a theater like a 70 millimeter theater, um, you know. But, you know, I will say when you're someone like Paul Thomas Anderson who has – who has a specific way. When I went and saw Phantom Thread in L.A., Paul Thomas Anderson chooses a 30-minute pre-show soundtrack that he plays while you're sitting down to watch this movie. It had Beyonce on. It was very interesting. Um, so you walked... Hey, I... I'm sorry, dude. That's a little pretentious. Man. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm sorry. Awesome. I have to listen to a playlist before I watch someone's movie? Like, no, no, no. You don't have to. It, it, all, the only difference is that um, instead of a pre-show with Maria Menounos, you, you, have, you have a... You have a, a How will I know what's coming to TNT near me? Yeah, exactly. No, but I will say, I will say this. 
the 70 millimeter projection of Phantom Thread was, I have never heard sound design like that in my entire life. The, the sound of buttering bread, pouring water, chewing, swallowing, I've never seen anything like that that had that much intensity. So to me, that is a theater experience. Yeah, but, I, but, but like you, that, that should be a reward if you have access, not a punishment if you don't. I mean, like, I like, agree. I, I'd say Nolan cares more about the quality of his films maybe than any other director working today, and right. I still got a Dunkirk screener. Like, no, if I, I want to watch I, Dunkirk on my iWatch, I can do it. <laughs> I will say, uh, I'm going to go out there, and I don't know this for sure, but there's no way that Nolan was happy about that, about about them printing his movie on a DVD and being sent in a screener. There's but no it's going way. to happen. Like, no, it's know. not, it's not like, it, like there wasn't going to be on DVD, and all of a sudden they put it on DVD for us to have I a screener. Know. It's no. going to hit DVD but, eventually. But there's, there's different levels of participation, right? There, there right. are directors and producers who will do anything in their power to, to get an award, then there's Nolan, who's like the B level. Who, all right, I'll let you. T- you can see my movie, but <laughs> I feel like he's he's a little bit more into it this year than he has. No, been. he is for sure. But then what I think uh, with Paul Thomas Anderson, I, Paul Thomas Anderson just doesn't care about this. He doesn't. I want, agree. He doesn't care about the awards. He doesn't want to do the dog and pony circus, and that's totally that's fine. That's fine. But that's but that's frustrating for the X number of other people that worked on the film that want to see their film seen. It is not just Paul Thomas Paul Thomas Anderson's project. Oh. There are uh, there are a long list of people when that movie's over that want their movie out there, and it's a little unfair that that the ego of one person is keeping it from being seen by masses. But right. this then begs the question: How much do these awards really matter? Right. Uh, and that and that that's what it all comes down to. Because someone like a Nolan or someone like a Paul Thomas Anderson, I think the idea of winning something would obviously is a cool idea. To it, it, but I mean, for me, there are so many great films that will never even grace the stage of an Academy Award or um, you know or a Golden Globe or whatever. And we've had this discussion before. But some of the greatest filmmakers of all time never even won Oscars. So uh, it, it just comes down to an idea of how much it means, how much it really means. Well, yeah, I mean, like to me, well, yeah, you're talking about how much it means personally because I feel like the yeah. value of an Oscar is not like you know La La Land didn't need to win Best Picture. It had already yeah. you know made you know a hundred millions of dollars you know before it it won and then didn't win but it it means more to a movie like moonlight because then maybe the average viewer at home might go oh hey that's that movie that won best picture let me check it out right but over the years though in the recent years the films that have won best picture we all can agree king's speech and things like that no one's talking about those movies the year that king the year that king's speech won best picture was the year of inception and social network uh, two films that people still continually watch, still continually talk about, specifically Inception. Everyone's still breaking down that movie all over the place. But Social Network, for example, spoke to our time. And, and so it, to me, it all comes down to an idea of do these awards even really mean anything in regards to the movies themselves? But I will say for our jobs and, and talking about these movies and marketing and the way the studios position these films and, ha- and having them make more money when the films get nominated – it, it, it does matter. So it, 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 there's a, a balancing act there, in my opinion. All right. So let's shift over to the awards that we actually can control to a certain extent. Um, we're not members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, but the three mem- uh, three hosts of this podcast are members of the Broadcast Film Critics Association. And on Thursday on the CW, you will be able to tune in and watch the Critics' Choice Movie Awards, of which we all vote. And so we're going to very quickly go through our categories and we made early predictions on what we think um, is going to win. And this, these are the ones that we think will win. 
Um, I'll let Kevin talk about the thing that he still wants to win. Uh, you, if you're playing around at home, I'm sure you can probably guess it. Um, let's start with Best Actress. And Jake and I both said Saoirse Ronan are, uh, is going to win. Kevin says Francis McDormand. We've kind of talked about this from a Globe's perspective. Um, I voted Jake, for neither. You voted for neither, but you think Saoirse is yeah. going to win it. Can you tell me why? Yeah, and I think it sort of boils down to, to sort of my point earlier is that I don't think Billboards has as much support from the critics or even just the general, you know, voting academy in general. There's just this bubbling over of love for Lady Bird, which I think could transfer over into Saoirse winning. And, you know, and, you know, in situations where sometimes, you know, it gets nominated for a bunch of awards and then like wins one and like that's sort of that's the award you get. And that's how I feel it's going to be with Saoirse. Um, I, I think, you know, to the, whether or not you agree, you know, whether or not Laurie Metcalf has a chance at winning supporting actress. I just think I think it's just because people like Lady Bird more than they like three billboards. Well, I want to bring up an interesting point. Um, we had a conversation Monday morning where a group of us on staff were legitimately surprised when Get Out didn't get anything at the Globes. And our movie's editor, uh, movie content director, Jessica Rowden, said, did you guys honestly think that Get Out was going to win? And we were all like... Yeah, we thought it had a legitimate shot. And she was like, did you not look around? Like, it's it's ladies night, you know, at these award shows. And that's why Lady Bird has a really good shot. That's why Greta Gerwig may be a front runner of some sort. I mean, do you think that there's something to that, that the Me Too movement, especially when we have two months of marinating in this, you know, as the nominees come together and the campaigns come together, that a movie like Lady Bird with... Um, a worthy film, not not them throwing a, oh, this is a female director, we're going to recognize it, but a legit, you know, like Greta Gerwig did a really good job with this movie that her and Saoirse Ronan and the movie in general could benefit from this movement from that perspective. Um, That's a good point. It's one I honestly hadn't really super thought of. I mean, like, so we're moving on, like, beyond best actors. We're talking about whether or not Lady Bear could win best picture. Um, well, I, I guess Ronan in this perspective, and, and to me, honestly, I just want to say about Saoirse Ronan, I thought she gave the performance of the year. I mean, I loved her in Brooklyn and I went into Lady Bird thinking it was just going to be an enjoyable coming of age comedy drama type thing. And she blew me away with the range that she had and the, the way that she nailed every aspect of this character. So I, I, I love that she's getting the recognition that she's getting. I hope that she wins from this perspective. And I think that the critics choice are going to recognize her, but yes, I do think that lady bird's going to get some momentum beyond, be, you know, building around the fact that people want to recognize a female director and a strong female lead. I, uh, I don't, listen, I, I think Lady Bird's a very solid film. I just don't get the overwhelming love for that movie. Um, I, right. I don't, uh, I, I, I listen, I, I love coming of age stories. I think the soundtrack's fantastic. I think that, uh, that, I think that Greta Gerwig did a great job. I, I just don't understand why that film has the, um, the front-running aspect that it does. It's definitely one of the better films of 2017, no question, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's best picture by by far. Did it make anyone's top ten list on this podcast? No, it came close for me. It would be in, it would be fifteen in the fifteen in the fifteen range for sure. I mean, I, I'd put it in top twenty, uh, but I, I just don't. I, I genuinely think that Francis McDormand has this award in the bag, no question. All right, for actor, all three of us said Gary Oldman. Uh, this is for the Critics' Choice that are being given out on the CW on Thursday. We all think Gary Oldman's going to walk away with it. I guess we would be, uh, you know, I think we mentioned this on another 
episode of the podcast. We have seven nominations or seven nominees you, in the best actor category. Now I voted for Gary. Did you guys actually vote for Gary? I voted. No. I voted for Daniel Kaluuya. Well, so I your vote doesn't matter, Sean. What who'd you vote for? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. So my vote doesn't matter either. But Gyllenhaal in Stronger was incredible. I will say this. I, and Gary Oldman is my favorite actor working today, no question. I think he's I think he's just absolutely brilliant. My hope is that if he does win in one of his speeches that he just says thank you to and then he goes, Everyone <laughs> That's that's all I want him to do is just say thank you to everyone. If he does Yeah, because he has a great sense of humor like this. I can see him actually doing the that. greatest moment in the history of mo- uh, of Oscar speeches if he redoes that. But the sad part is that there'd be like eight people that would get it and three of them are on this podcast right now. I don't know, man. I think the professional is a bigger movie than you think. That's a, that's a great scene. Let's shift the director really fast because um these are people that we haven't necessarily spoken in depth about and I want us to. Uh, I, Kevin and myself both believe that uh, Nolan is going to win a Critics' Choice on Thursday for Dunkirk and Jake says uh, Guillermo del Toro. And we kind of started this nomination process before the Globes. Um, Jake, do you feel a little more confident now that he took a Globe or does it not matter? Yeah, honestly, and I feel like, you know, we were talking a little bit about like playing the game. And I just feel like going back to sort of like the love, I think people just love Guillermo del Toro. I think there are people that he's just, he's always kind of been sort of a director of the people. He's always just been kind of just one of those guys that you kind of want to see succeed. And I've, as, as he is, I, and granted, I voted, here's my deal. I voted for Nolan. I voted for Nolan for Dunkirk, but there's always sort of been a coldness about him. He's never played the Oscars game. I feel like he's maybe made himself more, approachable this time around, maybe because he thinks he has a shot or, or Warner Brothers is telling me he has a shot. But I just don't think people don't get the warm and fuzzies when he's in the room. And there's just something about uh, people. I think people just kind of want to go up and, and hug you. I mean, he tweeted that he went to In-N-Out Burger after winning Best Director at the Golden Globes. There's something just every man about that. I mean, I could never see Christopher Nolan one. I could never see him on Twitter, but I could never see him tweeting that he's going to In-N-Out Burger after winning Best Director. Could you, oh my God, Kevin, what if you saw Nolan? What you if imagine, Kevin saw Nolan in an In-N-Out Burger? Could you imagine Nolan on Twitter? I, 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 can't, I can't imagine him tweeting about like going to In-N-Out Burger. He, he wouldn't let you read his tweets unless you were on like the highest quality phone. <laughs> I was, you guys can joke all you want, but that guy can direct a movie, and you guys all know it. And you guys all, I, yeah, dude. If he if he wins best director at the Oscars, I won't be upset about it. All right, let me let me say this. So, uh, directing category is my, my favorite category uh, uh, of the Oscars, only because I just love filmmakers. Everyone loves filmmakers. I, I just I just love everyone who's in this category. And Del Toro, Del Toro is, in my opinion, as talented as Christopher Nolan. The only difference between those two guys is that, as you mentioned, Del Toro is more of like a, his personality is more open. He's more uh, he, uh, he reminds us of ourselves in regards to the way he talks about films and his passion. Nolan's a very just he's an he's an uh, he's an in, introvert. He's very uh, he doesn't talk. He doesn't, he doesn't have a, a huge personality. He's very low key. And we've all, when we interview him, you know that he talks very low. He's very uh, he's very serious. Del Toro can joke around. Um, that being said. They're both. That's why the audio in the Nolan movies are so bad. No, they're not. No, they're <laughs> not. Hear anything. Two, two. <laughs> Nolan and, and Del Toro, two of the greatest filmmakers working today, no question. And Del Toro, uh, 
did masterwork in, in The Shape of Water. I mean, that film looks like a $100 million film. It was made for $19.5 million. Uh, I've told you guys this before, and you guys have all read this in other places, but in case the people who are listening haven't heard this, uh, just the way that he made these scenes work was mind-blowing. And we've, we've discussed the dry-for-wet element of what he did in those scenes and filming these scenes that are not really underwater, but using wires and and and. Uh, actors on ropes and pantomiming and smoke machines and, and, and projectors to make it look like they were underwater. That stuff is really cool and effective. Um, Nolan, yeah. Nolan, though, man, that is that is a director's movie. Everything about that film is a director's... Uh, he is telling a story with minimal dialogue, brilliant camera work, cameras strapped to Spitfire aircrafts, large format cameras. It is the most immersive experience I've ever had in a movie theater in my life. So those two guys, in my opinion, are the uh, the most deserving. No question. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not discounting what they did. But I just think that personality is going to play a part into it. And I just don't think that, unfortunately, like I said, I voted for Nolan. I just don't think Nolan's played the game enough this year. And I think uh, right now, I think... Uh, Guillermo del Toro sort of has pulling on the heartstrings for people. Do you think that's why? Think, do you think that's why people like Kubrick and Hitchcock and all those guys never won because they didn't play the game? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, did the game exist then? Though I don't know, but to like a certain I mean, extent, sure. But, but you got to think about someone like a Stanley Kubrick. Could you? I mean, you can't. I can't, can't proceed Kubrick that. going around right. shaking hands, kissing babies. Right. I can't imagine to win Oscars. Kubrick going to parties and, and and trying to win an Oscar. I mean. Clearly, he deserved it for 2001 and Dr. Strangelove and, uh, you know, The Shining and uh, everything he's done. Uh, but Kubrick kind of reminds me of Nolan in the sense that they're not really these outgoing type of people who I think are going to try and campaign for an Oscar. They'll be there. They'll show up. Uh, I mean, famously, didn't Brando not even show up for his award? Like someone accepted his Oscar. Well, he was making a political statement. Right, right, right. I'm just saying, but like, but Brando also didn't seem like he was that type of person either. That would like play the game. Uh, from what yeah, I, but was he there? Did he accept? Did, did did he won for On the Waterfront? Didn't he? Did he accept for that? I don't remember. I have, yeah, I think he might yeah. have accepted for that first. I mean, yeah. So I don't think it was. I don't think it was a matter of him not caring about the Oscars game. I think he was trying to make a political statement, in, like during the seventies. Yeah. Well, so and in a year where there isn't a clear cut frontrunner, where the picture and director would would sort of you know, match up. Um, this feels like the year where they will, they will sort of acknowledge somebody in the director category, um, but then go in a different direction with picture. Yeah. And, and I initially that. I thought before everything started to sort of take shape, I thought, well, they'll give it to Nolan so that Nolan gets his directing Oscar, which, which we all say he deserves and probably yeah. should have won earlier uh, and deserves it for Dunkirk. He did an amazing job. And then, earlier i thought it was like the post maybe potentially winning where it's like timely and and people embrace it but that hasn't happened so now i'm almost thinking that it's they recognize del toro in the director category as again because i think any filmmaker and and especially critics choice may sort of dictate this too because we're all sort of film critics who watch a ton of things if a filmmaker sits down to watch shape of water Yes, they're getting caught up in the romance of it, but they're they're looking to how he shot it. And and everything is just like, oh my God, that looks beautiful. Holy shit, that's amazing. Look at this performance. That's incredible. Like all of the pieces of it stand out, even though they all still blend perfectly together. And I think that they're prone to sort of recognize Del Toro from that perspective and then maybe give picture to something else that that is just yeah. sort of, you know, widely and, loved, and, not, and but. not to the degree of La La Land, but Shape of Water is still a love letter to movies of a bygone era Monster and if films. we know anything the academy loves movies about movies or movies that pay tribute to movies or movies that sort of pay tribute to an era of hollywood case right. in point the artist 
and best picture winner that no one is talking about anymore. I'm not saying oh. people aren't going to talk about Shape of Water, but I'm just saying I think Shape of Water paying tribute to those old Universal monster movies kind of helps it out because people that are in love with that era will sort of get, might give it the edge. Dunkirk is a cold film. Say what you want to about it. It doesn't have that, but it's meant, that, it's that emotional meant to connection. Be a cold film. I, I, I'm not saying that. I don't mean that yeah. as a criticism, but some people, I, I think some people do look at that as a bad thing. But I, it's interesting because Dunkirk, Dunkirk is everything. Dunkirk is the opposite of what moviegoers expect to see in a movie theater. Dunkirk is a gigantic independent movie. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's essentially a film that require like people want to go into a war movie and they want certain things that they're, they're going to get from every particular war film. You want a backstory to, to these characters. You want to learn about them. You want to, you want to see them riding home to their loved ones. You want to make sure that they get to safety and get home to which is totally fine, but no one kind of threw that all through that all out. I will say now that the golden globes have happened and I think del Toro is going to win the Oscar. Uh, and I, listen, I, putting Dunkirk aside, my personal feelings on the film I just don't see Nolan winning now, unfortunately. So, so would you change your vote for Thursday? Oh no, I voted. I voted for Nolan. No, no, I mean, no, I voted for Nolan too. But who do you think is going to win on Thursday? At Critics' Choice. Yeah, I think Nolan's. You gonna, said I think, that. I think you said Nolan. I think Nolan will win Critics' Choice. I think Del Toro wins the Oscar. Ooh, interesting. And I, okay, I, I will say this, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with. With uh, Del Toro winning the Oscar, and we all saw his passionate speech. That moment when he told him to stop playing the music, he's waited 25 years for this moment. That guy is a phenomenal filmmaker, and everything that, every little detail of this movie, The Shape of Water, you could say the same thing about Jordan Peele's Get Out. There are little things in there that are just beautiful and, and attention to detail. Look at every single thing in The Shape of Water. The, the soap is green. The candy that Michael Shannon's eating is green. The tile on the wall is green. Every little thing Del Toro thought about. And even if you don't notice it as a viewer, you're, you're, it's still encompassing your mind and taking you into this world that Del Toro created. So I'm okay with him winning. I, I mean, I, I, think that, I think it's a great film, and I'm okay with it. Uh, Why do you I think he wins Critics' Choice but loses Oscar? I, I don't know. I have a feeling, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that the critics, I don't know, it's, it's a good question. I, I, I don't know why I feel that way. But I think that the, I think he wins Critics' Choice. I, I hope you're right. Like I said, I voted for Nolan, so I, 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 hope, I hope to be wrong in that regard. And a statistic that I read and I'm stealing, um, if Del Toro wins Best Director at the Oscars, that would mean four of the last five wins have come from um, those three, the the big three Mexican filmmakers, yeah, uh, Cuaron and Yurutu, who won it twice, shouldn't have won it for Birdman, but definitely for Revenant. What? Birdman was amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, Dude. I don't know, man. Wait, who was he up against for Birdman? I don't know. I don't remember. Dude, that, the oh, he was. Uh, you know who he was up against? Um, uh, Boyhood. Tom Hooper. No, I don't know. Oh That's God. Uh, who? Uh, who? Who's my, who's my Texas boy? From, Wait, Link uh, Later didn't. Boyhood. Link Later didn't win. Yeah. Link- no, Linklater lost, wow. dude. Oh, wow. You know, I will say this. Um, I mean, listen, if you can make a two-hour film look like one shot and pull that off, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty Yeah, pretty, that's, I, that's I would say I, I kind of think, that's I think he deserved. I think it would be a good movie, though. I, I will say this. Oh, I, I like Birdman. Me too. <laughs> Linklater, by the way, I will say this, though. As a director... In order, yeah, he only shot the one movie over the course of 20-something years. Here's my, here, my, Come on. I think Linklater should have won, here, and here's why. 
a director's the whole point of a director is to tell a story. The cinematographer is the one that makes the shot look the way it does. So, you know, you, a lot of people think about the way a movie is shot and they think automatically they think about the director. But that's really the cinematographer. I mean, the director obviously chooses the shots and, and approves the shots. But it's, you know, when you see lighting on camera or a camera angle, that's a cinematographer setting that up and doing that shot. Um, the the job. But I think I think the director does have a like. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm, what what I'm saying is, but like when when Spielberg is directing a movie, Kaminsky sets the shot up, and then Spielberg obviously approves the shot. But Kaminsky's the one lighting the shot, getting it set up, angling the shot, uh, pulling the shot off. Um, and, you know, so to me, Linklater uh, told a story and kept the consistency of a story for so many years that he did his job as a director. So in my opinion, uh, he was the better director that year. Uh, I would say I would sure. I would argue that uh, Chivo, who shot Birdman, that's the real star of that movie. That's so fair. we all said Shape of Water is going to win Best Picture or Critics Choice. I guess we'd all be stunned if it if something else walks away. But at yeah. the same time, the way that this season is sort of mapping itself out, I think if every sort of guild or major organization, Critics Choice being one of them, goes with a different in a different direction and doesn't help us. Uh, map out the Oscar race. I wouldn't be completely shocked, but right now I'm putting my money behind shape. Yeah, yeah. I think. But, uh, I mean, this is I think one of the most exciting sort of awards seasons in recent memory. In the sense that, I mean, granted, I I say, oh yeah, we're two months away from the Oscars. If the Oscars were sooner, I mean, this would be pretty far along into the Oscar race without having any kind of affirmative. Even if Shape of Water wins from us, I wouldn't say it, it's a done deal. Right. Yeah. I no, just... I, I would agree. I just really, I'm, I'm really hoping, just personally, that that Nolan wins director, and then picture can go to anything. Like I, I, I understand Dunkirk's not gonna win Best Picture, even though I, I, it's my favorite movie of 2017. But I, I don't see that winning. And as Jake said, a lot of people feel that it's a cold film. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I just my hope is that Nolan wins, but right now I'm kind of leaning more towards Del Toro because I think Del Toro, just as Jake said, I. And I don't think this should be the reasoning for it, but he's a very likable guy. He's very, but he, but he really shows his passion uh, visually, the way he speaks, the way he talks. Um, Nolan, in my opinion, just delivers his passion through his work. So it, it, it is, it is, it does become a little bit of a game and po- political as to. Uh, it's, a, it's like a battle of like heart and brain. Right. Like what's going to win? Is it, is the brain going to win or is the heart going to win? Right. So here are best picture nominees that, um, to me, all of a sudden are not part of the conversation in any way, shape or form. Um, the big sick, uh, you know, happy to be nominated. It feels yeah. like call yeah. me by your name for a little while. That it felt went like call down me by your name. Yeah. It felt like it had the potential to, to be a front runner. It has an extremely passionate fan base online. If you mention call me by your name on Twitter, you're either a going to pick up a hundred followers overnight, uh, or you're going to wake up to a million mentions because you said something bad about it. Like they yeah. love that movie. This movie is beloved, but it's not breaking through in any of these categories. And I'm a little bit surprised. I'm not saying that it's one of the best movies of the year, but I'm a little bit surprised that it's sort of fallen off the Florida project, which you guys know, I love made my top 10. It's not cracking anything. No, I know Kevin, Kevin didn't like it all that much. I mean, yeah, I wasn't just, particularly crazy. About I, it. Like I don't get, I don't get the Willem Dafoe love. Yeah, I don't yeah. get it either. I'm with Jake. I don't the floor the the Willem Dafoe love. I I, I watch, and I love Willem Dafoe. Me too, but, man. Hey, we all know he should have won for the Boondock Saints. It's Armageddon. You no, know, anyways, but anyway, I I, I I do think that uh, uh no 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 the line was there was a there was a fire fight. Um, anyways, I was gonna say I was like I was, I was like I don't no, think that he, was no, right no, the first does, time. He does say Armageddon. He, he does, oh, does he? He does say something like something Armageddon, and then he says there was a firefight. It was Armageddon. Is that when Ben Affleck puts animal crackers on his stomach? No. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. 
No, there was a firefight. It's one of the best. That's the scene when he's like in with the shooters and like doing all the scene. That was cool. Um, this place, this place. No, I this didn't expect run, to do run over. Yeah, and admittedly, admittedly, I'm ADD. So give me a second here. The, the line is: "This place was Armageddon. There was a firefight." Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> we got there. I, I don't get the Defoe love either. Worth it. By worth the, the way, I, I just did that line for Willem Defoe when I interviewed him for Murder on the Orient Express, and I think he thought I was crazy. I'm not gonna lie, I saw that interview and thought you were crazy. <laughs> I was like, there was and a I know you. Um, <laughs> it gets better every single time. I know. Anyways, so... Well, so the other one that's not getting any love is Get Out, and that's what I'm getting around to. I'm, getting a, so I'm bringing us around to Jordan Peele's movie Get Out, which, you know, it didn't escape the Golden Globes unscathed. Um, we mentioned how we thought it would pick up some momentum. If it were to pick up some awards at Critics' Choice, do you guys think it's right back in the conversation? Do you feel like this is a week-to-week type thing where Get Out might be in and out, and it's not until we get the nomination, the Oscar nominations on, I want to say it's January 23rd, that we finally know whether it's in or out and how much can it actually can it do? I, I think it's in. I don't think it's a question as to whether or not it's in. I mean, if we're talking, but are we talking about, like, is it going to be nominated or are we talking about is it going to win? Because I think it has, um, I think it's, I, I think it's guaranteed in nomination. I just don't think it has a chance to win best unless I mean, how did it do it? Unless it like put pulls a SAG surprise, it has. Like a Johnny Depp winning best actor for Pirates. It has I mean, unless SAG. it pulls that off because it's not going to win from us. I think Get Out is going to be nominated, but not win uh, anything crazy. Yeah. I think the only thing Get Out would win screenplay, maybe would be screenplay, original screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and I think and and, right, and even that's a tough category this year. But rightfully so. Jordan Peele's screenplay is perfect. And, and we've all and, and anybody who's watched Get Out multiple times, you know that there's little details you pick up on every time. There are no wasted it. lines. No, every single line is is means something. Uh, I'm right. I'm actually upset that Allison Williams isn't more part of the conversation. And I think that Daniel Kaluuya is, is obviously amazing in the film, but you can't talk about why Allison's great without giving away the spoiler. Yeah, like, but, like, she doesn't have, like, that moment. Like, what oh. is her... Okay, like, we were talking earlier today that, like, Daniel is when he's in the chair and all of a sudden the tears start streaming down his eyes. Like, when is Allison's moment? Oh, I think her moment's the whole movie. I think that there is pure evil lurking in that character, and it is unbelievable when you go back and watch it the second and third time and you pay attention to every moment of the way she smiles the way she blinks the way she smirks there are so just watch the movie and watch her the whole time it is insane like how good she is now i know it's not going to happen but getting back to get out i think definitely nominations in best picture best screenplay it has it got a SAG award. It yeah, did. it'll get nominated. No question. It got SAG nominated uh, in the ensemble category. It is going to be part of the Oscar race. Uh, is it going to win anything above the line, as Jake says? I don't think so. I saw Catherine Keener got nominated for something, and, and I just rewatched that movie, and it's one of those it's one of those deals where, like, I just thought she was just playing Catherine Keener. Like, she doesn't have a really big standout role. It's yeah. like Octavia Spencer in Shape of Water. Yeah. She's kind of just playing Octavia Spencer. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. There's, there's names that are getting carried along with popular movies that I'm kind of like, that's a lot to go to somebody else. Yeah, I'm I mean. be heartbroken. Get Out, really, when it all comes down to it, it's Daniel and Allison. And, and even Bradley Whitford's so great in that movie. And Bradley Whitford's great in, in The Post as well. Um, I'm just happy that Get Out is, we're talking about it. Because there was a fear that at the beginning of the year when that film hit and it was so great as, as my number two of the year that it was going to be forgotten because of where when it, when it came out. 
So uh, right. honestly, that movie getting nominated is a win already. It already it was a huge box office success, even though box office I don't think means quality. I'm just happy it did really well. So uh, Jordan Peele's what, name. What? So like for that movie, everything that it's getting now feels like gravy. Like for I so agree. many of these movies, it needs yeah. the Oscar I momentum agree. to to build up an audience and to hopefully pay yeah. at its box office, you know, and to justify the fact. Like for Get Out, it's already justified the fact that they made yeah. it and it's established Jordan Peele and it's established the cast the cast that didn't necessarily need to be established already. Daniel could have used the help though. I mean, like I mean, you know, he I think he most benefits from this. But aside from Jordan Peele, I mean, Allison Williams was already she already had girls. Catherine Keener and Bradley like already had. You know, he yeah. Bradley Whit, uh, he's he's one of like four or five actors that are in like two or three or four best picture contenders. Yeah, I, this year it's, it's like yeah. him and Michael Stahlberg who are like in every Stahlberg movie ever made, and <laughs> uh, and and Timothy is in Call Me by Your Name yeah. and Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's uh, Lucas, Lucas Hedges? Is yeah, in three Tracy billboards Letts. and Lady Bird. Tracy, Tracy Letts. Letts is in the post and, uh, and Lady Bird. I, and we and we now know the topic of next week's uh, awards blend. Yeah, <laughs> I think the double dippers. Daniel, yeah. Daniel, though, um, I think. I don't think he needs the Oscar or, or, or the nomination. I, I think, you know, he's going to be in Black Panther. He, I mean, the, the, the guy's career is now great. I mean, that movie, uh, but I will say if he's nominated and I texted you guys this today, I, I, I would love to see that clip shown on the Oscars when they talk about him, just him in that chair, breaking down, eyes wide open, tears coming down his face. You have to under yeah. you have to think about that for a moment as an actor, where, where you go to get there, where you go to do that scene, that scene, in general, is in my opinion, is his nomination. That is a phenomenal right. scene. That's fair. Well, I mean, he wouldn't be the first actor that won off of one scene. Yeah, but he's great like the Sean whole movie. And Mystic River. Yeah, that's true. Mystic River's great, though. That's the best, that's the, definitely the best Eastwood movie ever that he directed, in my opinion. But but I'm, I'm saying, like, that, the last time that we met and talked about Get it's Out, not unforgiving, Kevin Jake. was saying, it's not unforgiven. Kevin was saying <laughs> that, like, he would like to see Jordan Peele in the director category. Yes. And it just feels like. I think he has a shot. Really? All right. But I, I mean, but. But it, he was he shot like for sure. It just feels he, like he, this is going to be one of those movies that, like, from week to week, the the needle points in a different direction. In but terms well, of yeah, because legit like last week, I thought for some reason, even though nothing particularly changed for Get Out, because I didn't think Get Out had a massive chance at uh, at the Golden Globes. But I just it felt different last week for Get Out than it feels this week, and it might feel different next week for Shape of Water, or it right. might feel different but next week for Get Out. By the way, is a is a film that benefits from how good the director is uh and i and i know it sounds weird because most films should uh should have that type of element to it but good out is you you feel jordan peele's voice the entire movie um so you know if it's i think he definitely deserves to get nominated i don't know that he will get out is a very different movie it's 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 not a film that i, I I don't know. Can you see the Academy voters embracing Jordan Peele as best director? I, I I would hope so, but can you see it happening? No, no, I can't at all. And in fact, I think a lot of them are going to give it a chance. And like elements like Rod, the TSA guy, who as, <laughs> as brilliant as he is, right? They're going to be like, I can't take this movie seriously. Well, because that just... makes it seem a little bit more mainstream horror. Yeah, than, it's a genre than Academy. But yeah. Rod is yeah. Rod is the as as Jordan Peele has said, Rod is the audience. Rod is the he's the audience, right? He, completely. He's the guy that when you're watching that movie, he's the guy like you know when you're in the audience, you're saying, "Don't go in there, don't do this." Yeah, but I'd, I'd argue that most Academy movies don't have the audience character in them. Like right. there is no there is no guy in Dunkirk saying like, "Look at that plane." <laughs> no, no, I was I understand, but but I I, I, 
<laughs> Dunkirk needs that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay, that should be Kevin. Kevin should have played that part. I'm, I, I honestly, if he I should have been the fourth storyline. If I could be on that set, uh, yeah, I, I'd be. My storyline would be Kevin, one hour and forty-seven minutes. <laughs> no, but I, I think that yeah, I, I'm just happy to get out. It's part of our conversation. It's one of the best films of the year. And if people who are watching our show or listening to our show right now give Get Out a second and a third viewing. Uh, and I will say it is much better on the second viewing and and third viewing and and you know we mentioned no, no wasted lines. Yeah, maybe my my favorite screenplay of the year simply because oh, yeah. it fooled me as to how good it Dude, was. I thought it was a simple yeah. screenplay the first time. One scene, not. one scene I'll mention before we move on. Uh, when you when you rewatch the movie, uh, and Jake knows this, uh, rewatch the dialogue that that Daniel and Bradley Whitford have when they first arrive at the house as they're walking by the photos of Jesse Owens. Uh, and they talk about his father losing in the in the Olympics. Listen to every single line in that moment that Bradley says. Like there are things in there. That, oh, my my favorite one is when he asks them what's in the basement, and he goes, "Oh, just some black mold." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a brilliant yeah. line when that. you know what the movie's right. about. So the first time you see it, you hear that line, and you literally think black mold, like as in there's mold yeah. in the in the basement, and you have no idea what he's talking about. But then, like, yeah. that is a, literally a perfect example. And then going back to Allison, for, exa- uh, for, uh, for example, there's a scene where they're all at the party and they're getting ready to, uh, to choose who's going to choose Daniel, Daniel's character. And there's a moment, I, I believe we discussed this in the show at one point, but there's a moment where this woman comes up to Daniel and grabs his arm and he's talking about how strong he is. And Allison literally stops and looks at the woman and says, you're going too far. Like you're gonna yeah. give us away if you keep doing. Well, this. Be- no, because she asks Allison if if sex with a black man is different. Right, but she's but like, when you know what's gonna happen, she's asking because her husband's about to be put into yeah. this guy. Right, but but Allison looks like this. She's like, like 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 you're gonna yeah. give us away. Like, like that's, that's too right. far. So it's all. It reminded me of like the, the when you go back and watch Sixth Sense. For the second time, and yeah. you realize the entire movie. movie they're telling you yeah. that Bruce Willis is dead. Dude, when yeah. you when you watch the Bruce Willis scene when he's at dinner with his wife, and the first yeah. time you saw that movie, uh, you right. you don't even think to think to yourself. Yeah. They never even say anything to each other. Like that's the level. At, and and even when Sixth Sense came out, people were comparing Shyamalan to uh, a modern day Hitchcock. I legitimately would put Peel. In that category, especially with his first. Well, movie. let's 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 see what he does. I'm not saying from here on out. I'm like, not saying yeah, he's Hitchcock level. I'm saying that he, I think he's breaking into that realm where he's making work that even Hitchcock would have have looked at and went, "That's really good." That's what that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. All right, we're gonna have plenty of time to break down all of these movies, and I think if Get Out picks up a bunch of Oscar nominations, it's gonna be right back in the conversation. I would yeah. not be surprised if yeah. it, it becomes that kind of movie. So um, before we wrap this episode up, we're not only gonna talk about awards on the Awards Blend show, and I know that it's called Awards Blend and we may actually change the title, the title at some point, even though we have a spiffy new logo and all that. But we wanna reserve some time in each of these episodes to talk about bigger picture movies. And it's 2018 and we're brand new to the year. And so what we did was the three of us looked ahead to the calendar year and tried to pick, we played a little game where we said, if we could only see one movie or just remove every other movie off the calendar and we were told we can only watch one movie this year, what is the movie that we would choose to uh, to see in a theater? And I think that makes a big difference because we, we all three of us went with blockbusters. Um, I'm going to go first because you guys stole the two that I would have picked. <laughs> and so because of that, um, I went with Mission Impossible 6. Uh, Which surprised it, me. 
Well, yeah. from this perspective, it's it's that cast staying together uh, and coming off of Rogue Nation, which I think is just such an incredible yeah. uh, and satisfying Tom Cruise movie. And I think Cruise obviously is one of the best action stars. He delivers Ever. every single time. But if you're telling me um, who I want to bet on going into any summer blockbuster season, it's Christopher McQuarrie. Like Christopher McQuarrie is a genius. I agree. And the fact that he even wants to play in these sandboxes that many dismiss as, you know, oh, just empty, vapid special effects blockbusters. He makes incredibly smart uh, tent poles that are propped up by some of the most amazing set pieces. Uh, and I know he didn't do Ghost Protocol, but like he took what Brad Bird did on the Burj Khalifa and he was basically like, I'm going to one up you multiple times. And that's what the Mission Impossible series has become. It's like, we always have to keep topping what you just did. And if Macquarie's trying to top Macquarie, <laughs> sign me up for that. I'm in 100%. Okay, Sean, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you something and it's going to upset you. The fact that, that Macquarie is directing Mission Impossible 6 is kind of what makes me not very excited about it. Why? Not, Why? not because Why? I, I think he's a great director. I thought he killed it with Mission Impossible 5. But one of the things I have loved about the series, whether it was on purpose or perhaps even accidental on purpose, is that each one was directed by a different person. Sure. So every Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible felt different. Right. John Woo's Mission Impossible 2 feels different than De Palma's 1, than Abrams 3, or, yeah. uh, or Brad Bird's 4. Or totally agree. And I feel like this is going to be the first time that a Mission Impossible feels like a Mission Impossible we've seen before. And that kind of I, bums me out. I, I, I would rather I, I would rather a new director come in, give me something completely different, and maybe not even have it be as good. But I love that each one was directed by someone different. I'm disappointed that, that a director's but coming I, back. I would argue that, that Ghost Protocol didn't... I don't know what a Brad Bird film is supposed to feel like. I mean, like I, I think that JJ's, J.J. was all over that movie, in my opinion. I mean, I think what J.J. did with... Mission Impossible 3 was, a, was, was my favorite one until Ghost Protocol, and they've got better and better since. I mean, I I don't even like Mission Impossible One. I think I think Mission Impossible One is boring. It's just different movie. It's a boring I mean, film, it's... in my opinion. I think I think John Woo's Mission Impossible Two is one of those guilty pleasures. I love watching the doves and everything, whatever it is. But moving, yeah, love... but moving into three, uh, JJ's film, in my opinion, like okay, so you, Sean, you mentioned the action set pieces. So look at look at uh, look at uh, three. One of the best action scenes ever is when that bridge gets missiled. Uh, and that he flies back into that car. Amazing scene. Yeah. Four, yeah. you have the Burj Khalif. Five, you have the airplane sequence, which is a mind-blowing scene. But you have to understand <laughs> yeah. that, like, Tom Cruise is... It, it, that's exactly what audiences deserve. Practical effects, practical action, yep. actors doing their own stunts. Um, I am so excited about Macquarie taking on six. And I, and I, I, and I get Jake's but point. But I see Jake's point. I understand Jake's point. Yeah. I can't argue about the fact that I, it yeah, the is, thing is fun like, when I'm not denying that he's over. great and he's pro it's probably going to be a great movie. But when I walk out, I know part of me is going to go, I wonder what a different director might have done. I mean, listen, all right, Kevin, I, I'm all, I'm all about that, but I will say this, uh, people out there listening. If you haven't seen the way of the gun, watch yeah. it. It's one of, it's one of yeah, my, the first, Ten minutes are great. Oh my god, that movie is. So, oh, how about the scene? About sound design, the oh, sound yeah. design of that movie, dude. How incredible. about the scene when they're when they when they're getting out of the car and it's rolling through the alley and they're having that shootout, <laughs> dude. That Macquarie, yeah. I think Singer might have produced that, but that was like because Macquarie had written Usual Suspects, right? And then right, is yes. that right? And then, yeah. and then and then he directed Way yeah. of the Gun, and then his career just exploded. Way of the Gun was. If you haven't seen yeah. it, definitely see it. 
All right. The king of practical effects, uh, Kevin McCarthy, who champions film and the downplaying of CGI, chose Kevin, what's your 2018? If you could only see one movie in 2018, you chose... Ready Player One, no question. And here's the thing: I'm I'm the mo- I'm a massive practical effect fan. You guys know that. I think that CGI should only be used when it has to be used. I mean, like someone like Christopher Nolan does CGI perfectly. Like like you look at if you if you take up if you open up the app Paint on your computer and CGI is a, 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 a certain thing you can use just to help fill in your picture. That's what I think filmmakers like Nolan, and, and, and they use it in a way where they only have to use it when they have to. Um, so Spielberg has a task here where obviously you can't make Ready Player One fully practical. It's, it, it's, not, it's, not gonna, it's not possible considering the, uh, the, the world that the Oasis creates. Um, Ernest Klein's book is one of my favorite books ever. Uh, I love that book. Uh, I am anticipating it for one reason only. Uh, how the heck is he going to pull this off? That's my question. Right. How do yeah. you make that move that book into a movie? And I think the only Wait, explain to people why you're saying that because the, the the big point being is that this movie features characters from movies over the last thirty years of pop culture. Right, and it's fully virtual reality most of the time. Right. I mean, this uh, Ty Sheridan's character is going to be wearing a. Uh, a, a virtual reality headset and going into this world. Now, the interesting thing about the the book is that it features some of the most iconic film uh, references of all time: War Games, Blade Runner. So I, it features Spielberg references, right? Which, by yes. the way, I've heard they're like gonna, Jaws. Is Jaws mentioned? Yeah, they're going to take those out, from what I understand. <laughs> they mentioned like Raiders. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah. Gonna, well, they also yeah. mentioned how bad Indiana Jones Four was. What are you guys? Yes. Smi- yeah. What are you guys smiling well, about? He, are you guys messaging the- each other? What are you all smiling about? No, no. I made a Jaws joke. I I slipped a Jaws uh-huh. joke. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I still think I got it. all right. Ready, player. Anyway. No, I think it's gonna be awesome. Ready. I think it's gonna be. If awesome. we were to trade our movies, Kevin and I, I think that we would sacrifice our movie. Kevin, maybe I'm wrong. I would sacrifice mine in a heartbeat to get to Jake's movie. <laughs> no, I, Jake- I think because Kevin chose first, so I think Kevin's happy with his. Wait, number wait, one. wait. What is Jake's movie? Jake chose. Uh, I chose Avengers: Infinity War. See, I, I, I'm excited about that movie, but I honestly, if, if I, if I, I, there's five other films I'd see before Infinity War. Oh, really? I disagree. I, disagree. I would see. I, I just I, feel like you know this, this is a tank. sequel that we've been waiting ten years for. We've waited what what two dozen movies? Yeah. That we've got. Uh, we're not slogged through. 18. It's not like we've been punished. Eighteen. 18 uh, that 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 we've gone through to get to this. Right. Um, and it 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 it, it shocks me. That there is a year where a Star Wars movie is coming out, and it's not the one that's my pick. But I just feel like this is what it's all about. Like, and and one of my major complaints about Marvel movies is that the stakes never really felt real. Right. Um, I never walked into a Thor movie or an Iron Man movie or a Captain America movie and wondered if they were going to make it out on the other side alive. Right. And this is the first time that that's happening for me. Obviously, we know that a lot of these these actors are wrapping up these these playing these characters. And that, you know, especially with, with the buying of Fox properties, we're moving into other Marvel worlds. Um, so this is the first time where I'm walking, walking into a Marvel movie going, some of these guys might not make it out. And because we have built our relationships with a lot of these characters over the last 10 years, there's just a weight to this, unlike any other superhero movie I, I can remember in, in years past. Two, two things. Um, first of all, I... I am more excited about Black Panther than Avengers Infinity War by no, by no question. First of all, let me, let, me, let me explain this for a second. 
That's crazy talk. Infinity War, we've already seen That's it. That's crazy We talk. already saw it. It was called Captain America Civil War. We've already seen... No! We've, dude, we've, no! We've already... No. Here's... Hold on, hold on. No! Let me explain two things here. No. The Russo brothers no. are the best thing... Are amazing! The Russo brothers are the best thing that ever happened to Marvel. They have made yes. the best oh, films wow. in the MCU. Civil War and Winter Soldier. No question. I'd argue Robert Downey Jr. is the best thing to happen. Or maybe Stan Lee is the best thing to happen to Marvel. Uh, I'm talking about the movie, the movie universe, MCU. Okay, then, then I'd argue Robert Downey Jr. is the best thing to happen I, 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 to I get his point. I get his point. So, I, de- yeah, I, definitely I, get, I get what you're saying. So I get what you're my saying. point is, the Russo brothers, don't get me wrong. Avengers Infinity War is in my top five most anticipated films of 2018. No question. Right. But there are four films that I would put ahead of it that I can't wait to see over it. And one of those is Black Panther. And I think Panther I'm excited about because Coogler is an exciting filmmaker. I'm excited to see what he does with a massive budget. The trailer looks amazing. I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. I'm excited to see how he curates the soundtrack. I feel like Infinity War is, I can already in my mind expect what I'm going to see. And I, and I, I love I loved Civil War. I love Winter Soldier. But it's almost to Jake's point about walking into another Macquarie MI6 I feel like I've already seen the Russos do an Avengers film, which, in my opinion, was Civil War. It was essentially an Avengers movie. It was better than anything Whedon did with Avengers 1 and 2. And I just, I don't know. I'm excited about it, but I I don't feel that level of, like, it's my number one. My number one needs to be something that I just, I just, if I don't see it, I'm going to be devastated. I think that has to be, for me, Ready Player One or Black Panther or even Damien Chazelle's new movie, First Man. I I mean, there's so many films that I'm, I'm more. But none of us picked Solo. That's a bummer. Here's why. I I saw an article, I saw, I think I saw an article today. I might have been Cinema Blend about Star Wars fatigue and like, and like, First of all, Jedi was not great. So I and I also I also am very upset that Miller and Lord were taken away from the picture because they were the yes. reason why I was excited about a Han Solo film. Ron Howard is a very safe filmmaker, and I love Ron Howard. I absolutely love A Beautiful Mind. I think he's a brilliant filmmaker. But Ron Howard's Star Wars movie, I haven't seen it, so I can't. I can't. Uh, this is not. This is just an opinion. I think it's going to be a very safe and by the number Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Well, what, what I don't understand is they removed Lord and Miller because they were making Solo too funny. Right. But Last Jedi is littered with really yeah. juvenile humor yeah. that kind of ruined the movie for me. I so agree. what movie were they making so that it was too funny for but Lucasfilm? It, but I feel like but Han Solo is such a... Uh, it's dry humor. He always has had that dry humor. Han Solo and Indiana Jones are essentially the same person in regards to like just the personality, the way they speak. Um, That's just my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I I think that, I think that Miller and Lord's Han Solo is so much more anticipated to me. Those guys are unique. They have a voice, uh, 21 Jump Street and Meatballs and whatever the movies they've ever done. There's something special about what they do with, comedy and the way they write it and the way they direct it and i would love to have seen amelia clark under a lord and miller direction or woody harrelson yeah. under those yeah. so i think solo it concerns me deeply solo that lost. we're four months away and we haven't seen like the only photo that's still official still has lord miller in it yeah <laughs> like, i know yeah. i mean but to... i have a feeling that by the next episode of this we do a trailer will be released Interesting, but I will say. I, 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 in fact, I think Jedi. a trailer will. I, I'd go as far as saying I think a trailer will be released this week. But and, 
Let me, uh, and, and I can see that. And now, let me say one more thing, going back to Infinity War. I, I did my top five anticipated the other day. I love MCU. Uh, I'm very excited about that movie. And I don't, want, I don't want it to come across as I'm not excited about it. I can't wait to see it. I, I, I will be first in line. You know that's how the internet's going to interpret that's, what you're saying, that's right? Like that's, that's what the internet Kevin does. But Kevin yes. hates Marvel. I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe, and, and considering that Winter Soldier and Civil War are my two favorite films in the MCU, I am a little wondering why I'm not as excited about it as you guys are. But Black Panther seems new. It seems exciting. I'm excited to see what this this 30 year old filmmaker Ryan Coogler brings to the MCU and brings to the table. And, and it's gonna have a different voice. It's gonna have a different vibe. I just feel like we've already seen the Russo's Avengers movie. Very similar to what Jake said about Macquarie. I I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That that well okay. I'm sure we're going to review Black Panther when it comes out because that comes out. In Are you guys not excited about movie. Panther? Are you guys excited about it? No, I'm excited about I'm excited about Black Panther, but not on the same level that really? like like I said, you know, like there, there there won't be as much weight for me. I mean, as much I mean, the reason Civil War is my favorite Marvel movie is because to me it has the most emotional weight, and to me Infinity War has the potential to take that and then multiply it by actually killing off characters. But I I would argue that that Winter Soldier is better than Civil War. I think Winter Soldier. No. Winter Soldier to me no. was a, was the most stripped down. That scene on the bridge was like it reminded me of like watching Michael Mann's uh, shootout in Heat uh, with that with that bank shootout. Like that Winter Soldier to me was the most out of all the MCU films was the one that transcended the genre the most. Uh, it, it stepped outside of, in my opinion, what the Marvel universe seems a bit. Civil War didn't need to though. I, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying I didn't need to. I just don't think I, I love Civil War. It was a five out of five. It was an amazing movie. That that airport scene, the 17 minute sequence, is one of the greatest action scenes of all time, no question. Um, I just I don't know. I, I Infinity War. Is, I mean, we're also splitting hairs because I'd also put Winter Soldier in my top five. So you know, it's yeah. it's yeah. you know. Hey, Sean, Sean, you're a big MCU guy. Is Infinity War uh, your number one? Without choosing uh, the three we have here, is that your number one of the year? Most anticipated? It is. Yeah, it wow. is because from this perspective, I don't think we've ever seen an experiment like the MCU before in our industry. Um, and you see other examples of people trying to do something similar and falling on their faces. We're looking at Warner Brothers in DC proving how difficult it is. We're looking at the Star Wars franchise looking how difficult it is to maintain interest. And you're talking about 17 movies where if you looked at the body of MCU movies and you tried to pick one that's bad, you're still talking about a three out of five movie. And it's ridiculous the number of filmmakers that have come through and the characters that they juggled. It's like trying to maintain all these spinning plates. And to me, the fact that they're about to stick the landing is dumbfounding. I didn't so love 10 years ago. I'm totally curious. I, well, I, okay, here, here's oh, to me what, what, why I think Infinity like War sort of encapsulates everything I'm excited about. 10 years ago, we got an Iron Man movie and we're excited that there was a cameo with Nick Fury like yeah. after the credits. Now, flash forward 10 years later, we're getting an Avengers movie where Thanos comes out and punches Spider-Man in the face. Like, yeah. look how far we have come oh, no. in just in 10 Dude, years. I'm yeah. excited. I can't wait to see Brolin this day. I'm very excited about Infinity War. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, the idea that you talk about characters being killed off, we've seen DC do that. And I'm not saying DC is, is, is anywhere near the same realm as MCU. Um, I just... I don't know. Marvel to me, I think Panther's the one that I that I think is gonna push is gonna push it further. It's gonna change the vibe. 
That's why I'm excited. About I fear it. saying something yeah. is going to blow this conversation up and we have to wrap it up. But I didn't really like Creed. So more on that episode. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. are. Insane. So here's the deal. This is awards blend. And my name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here at cinema blend. I am joined by Jake Hamilton and Kevin McCarthy. Um, we, you can find us on social media. We were promoting the show leading into this week's episode. We will promote the show on social media leading into all of the episodes. But you can find uh, Jake Hamilton, the uh, entertainment reporter for Fox 32 in Chicago. He is at Jake's Takes. Kevin McCarthy is the entertainment reporter for Fox 5 in D.C. And he is at Kevin McCarthy TV. And I am Sean underscore O'Connell because there is a mixed martial arts fighter uh, who has... <laughs> a bigger following than I do. So um, we want you guys to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, on uh, social media. Please. We go over to our iTunes page, subscribe to us because we're going to be uploading all the audio there. You can rate the show. You can drop comments, uh, give us reviews on iTunes. That means an awful lot to us. That's the way to grow the show. So if you liked what you have heard or watched, please comment. You can comment in the YouTube section down below. Uh, most importantly, we want everybody to come back next week. We're going to be doing these live they're also going to be archived, but we really want people to come in and participate in the live show because eventually we're playing around with different software that's going to let people submit questions to us in the middle of the show. And we'll be able to sort of, you know, have you guys sort of direct where the show might go and, and suggest some topics that we can dive into. We're going to be back together on Wednesday, January 17th, where we're going to be talking about the results of Critics' Choice and predicting ahead because then we only have one more show before the Academy Awards uh, give out their nominations. So we will be back live on Wednesday, January 17th. I believe that that works for all of us. And that's yeah. what we have. Day before my birthday. Promote that on social media. We're going to have a cake for Jake, uh, obviously, because he's turning the uh, wait. I don't even want to say what you're saying because you, I don't want to say uh, you might. You Go might ahead. Want big, people think that big, you're big three you zero, baby. Big, big three zero. Three zero. I love it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I will say wait for 50. I do want to uh, want to say one thing. I do. I, I, I oh, guess. Dear God. No, I love that we get to do this together. <laughs> it's so cool because yes. and, and, and we're all adults. and It's just cool that we get to, like, do this podcast together and talk about movies and um, and, and we, we might disagree, but you know, we all, we all love each other, which is awesome. Um, I hope we continue this after, uh, after, um, the award season and, uh, hashtag Dunkirk. There you go. I like it. So thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll see you on Wednesday, the 17th, tune into the critics choice and look for Kevin and I in the audience. And, um, we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.